All right, we're here. Toke Tunes and Talk. This is Wes. This is Joe. We're both here with you today. It is what? Wednesday. Wednesday. It is Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's when we it's when we actually publish our podcast, so you might check that out. Every Wednesday. And what time are we putting that up? Um, normally, it's going to be up by noon on a Wednesday, so uh, you can check it. Uh, the RSS feeds check uh, every hour, so it should show up about that time. And this is uh, podcast number six now. Number six. Number six. We made it past five. That's right. The, the big... Six. The big six. That's right. That sounds like it should be important. It should be, yeah. It might it be. It is because it is our sixth podcast. It has it has evolved a lot, I think, you know. I think we've gotten to a point where I feel like we we've talked about some uh some noteworthy things. Oh definitely, yeah. There's been a lot going on too, definitely. But yeah, it's it's hard not to uh uh touch on some of the the things that have been happening. I do. There's just, well, it's kind of hard not to just with all the stuff going on, man. There's not never ending amount of stuff to talk about. That is true. That is true. There's a lot out there in the news. Um, and with, uh, everything going on in the world nowadays, you know, it's that whole, in these challenging times, uh, I'm kind of getting tired of all those emails, uh, and how everybody's telling me how, you know, how Foot Locker's telling me, like, Foot Locker's here for you in these challenging times. Really? I have not gotten any messages <clears throat> just from, like, random businesses. I have gotten, it. like, if you're on, like, newsletters, you're just, that's what I've been getting uh, a lot oh, of. It's oh, kind of like... I was thinking text messages. No, 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 no. Okay. It's like email, you know, it's okay, your, your yeah. classic kind of email newsletter. Um, Just like when there was that rash of we've changed our terms of services. I don't know if right. that, that hit up where everybody updated at a certain right. time. And it was like, oh, my God, if when's this going to end? Here, you can't sue us. <laughs> Yeah. Like we made new rules. Yeah, new rules. Nobody could sue. Right. But yeah, there's been a lot in the, the music uh news lately. What are you um, seeing, and Wes? one of the well, one of the things related to COVID actually now that we're saying that is uh um uh recently the uh Jamaican uh reggae artist uh Toots Hilbert um passed away from COVID, actually. That's it's taken too many of them, man. Yeah, there's been a, quite a few um uh, notable musicians as well as celebrities who have passed away um, either because they were, you know, a lot of times it isn't from the actual thing. It's like they were in, uh, I think in, in his case, he was actually um, in the hospital or trying to recover from a, a procedure and he got it. And so it made, oh, it made, yeah, it made recovering from it virtually impossible. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of sad. Uh, it's kind of praised on the <clears throat> week, sadly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he was, Very I mean, so. he was somebody who he was, he was definitely older. He was kind of a pioneer in um, uh, reggae stuff. People always talk about, you know, Bob Marley or right. maybe so what, Peter did he, Tosh. Did he have a famous song or popular um, song? He was, um, uh, his band uh, is, uh, what's called uh, Toots and the Maytals. And um, they were known for kind of uh, traditional um, uh, Jamaican um uh, kind of a reggae uh, dance hall music. I don't know. It's 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 something where he he definitely uh, transcended his, uh, the genre of reggae, but that what that was what he was mainly known for. Gotcha. And so, but again, so he did more kind of a when I say fusion, I know that kind of sometimes bring to light, you know, it brings brings to mind a certain kind of music. But like, so he was somebody who who would uh, pair reggae with something uh, kind of popular on the island to kind of maybe more popularize that style. Right. Yeah. I mean, he was more known um, in reggae circles than he was traditionally. Um, but uh, again, it was with his. Um, uh, band the Maytals, um, uh, which it was originally called the Maytals, and then it became Toots, kind of became you know kind of like Bob Marley and the Whalers, right? Uh, phenomenon. He was um, the standout front figure. But right? yeah, they they were out in the early '60s, and it was something that um, they were before you know uh, Marley, but really paved the way for him. And so um, okay. it's something that um, you know, so very much a pioneer of reggae. It, exactly, exactly. Now and, was it was he. Uh, more popular in the U.S. than Jamaica, or was he just mostly known in Jamaica? Or no, he was more uh, Jamaican, uh, you know, uh, like roots uh, uh, okay. type thing, and associated with that. And again, because it was the '60s, you know, there wasn't as many uh, international influences at that point. Right. 
Um, uh, even like Elvis never actually, believe it or not, performed outside of America. Well, I was just about to say, I mean, like, well, one of the biggest, you know, events in history in the music world is like uh, the Beatles hearing Motown, you oh, know, for yeah. the first time, you Being know, exposed it, to it. Right. And know? then eventually them coming over. It was interesting how nowadays we just think, oh, well, you know, where are they from? You know, and you, they could be from Madagascar or some crazy um, uh, nation or uh, you never heard of but uh, back in the day um, it was actually really rare you know to hear things um, that far from your own type of bubble if you will to use an overused term now right and I was just thinking let's this is probably a good tangent to go on we've got a little list here for you guys today that we're going to get to but I think this is a good thing to kind of go off on because I have a question or a, a, a query here okay propose so think of this Nowadays, with the internet, we have all of this kind of instantaneous, raw influence. Like, and when I say mm -hmm. raw, I mean like back in the day, you would hear a very much studio polished version of this music if you heard it outside the U.S. It would be from a recording studio. It wouldn't be a dude right. in his room in front of a, a phone. Right. And so with there were that, more gatekeepers. Right. And so with that, they're naturally going to become styles of music that are foreign now that are going to become popular here too. Okay. And there's right. going to be kind of a mishmash. Yeah. And so I really wonder what music is going to sound like. I feel like it's going to change tremendously, especially oh, yeah. I feel like it's going to more kind of maybe homogenize globally okay. just because everybody will be hearing all everybody else's thing. So when it's it, like well, a, basically whenever they want to. It's like know? a fusion of fusions. Right. Almost, it's right. like the ultimate. It's the world fusion. Right. <laughs> You gotta be careful. I don't know. World music kind of I mean, unfortunately yeah, has a bad are, name. There to some are degree. times of, there are types of music that don't mesh. You know that right. just aren't gonna work. But even though I I did I can't remember the name of the group, but it was death metal bluegrass. Okay, cool. That's you, different. You, yeah, it worked. I've heard that actually. No, I've heard a couple uh, bluegrass uh, groups will they'll do um, uh, like Metallica songs or things like that. You know, oh, or there's that's one interesting. they're known for uh, one where they do a Snoop Dogg song like that's... sipping on gin and juice, like lay back. I've heard that. Is that Les Claypool? I don't think it is. No, I think it's actually just there's like I said. I think there's this one particular. Um, bluegrass band that they're known for kind of making these quirky covers that. i know and i think I, that's it's the been one. a while it's been we're like 20 years it. i feel yep. like mm -hmm. because it, that was a big deal for at least a little while it's, it's just there, there's a lot of i guess in music there's a lot of kind of novelty crossover genre things where it's like oh you know we were we we were recently um uh watching through some youtube videos and there's this whole you know metallica a jazz version you know and things like right. those mashups now and now there's right. the, there's danzig and donna summers i don't know if you've seen that where it's like no. mother they they they've taken danzig and made a ton of these mix-ups which you, maybe we can play a little clip of it here because they're really uh well yeah, done we'll throw it in here later and um the uh uh, concept of it is is that uh, uh, any song that has mother in it, uh, they'll they'll do it, and then they kind of like find where they have similar beats, and they on some of them uh, they sound really great. They it's a perfect kind of fusion it's where it's like funky. It's all in but the hands of the artist, man. It if, is if the artist has the talent and the vision. It's true. Then I mean I don't know. Maybe there aren't any kind of incompatible musics. I don't know. We're right. gonna f well we're gonna find out, aren't we? Yeah. And there's a lot of divisive. I mean, uh, you know, things are polarizing. Sometimes people like things like that. They kind of are like, oh, you know, these mashups are great. Other people don't like. You know, they feel like it's kind of ruining the purity of the original, and it's not really adding. You're always gonna new. have purists, and they're always gonna have the most puckered butthole ever. That's especially true. Especially in this day and age. And I'm saying that as a former purist in a lot of regards. I'm just kind uh, of like, you okay. know what? A lot of times, either yeah, it's better, or just go with the flow. Nobody right. fucking cares. Well, you know? I mean, everybody then thinks their own own thing and everybody wants to think their, their yeah, own right. thing that's, is that's right my personal or their shit doesn't stink or whatever you know oh, mine very much but awful. uh yeah i mean I, I think it's fair uh to have an opinion but to respect other people's opinion i guess would be right. the, the key thing is just what how it's not it's not so wrong to you know uh, and some people are a little extreme with it but it's not so wrong to think you're right but you can't think you're right all the time or think no one unless else you're is kanye right, you know oh yeah that's true there's, Unless you're Kanye. There's a divisive uh, uh, individual. And I'm saying, well, he thinks he's always right. He's polarizing. May or may not. He definitely... Yeah, jury's out on that. He's confusing, I think, to a lot of people, he's you an, know? He's an enigmatic figure. He's he's definitely a musical um, savant. Uh, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. 
he comes from a side where not only is uh his uh you know uh rapping but he's a he's a producer you know and has a lot of background um as far as that goes and he's he's done like uh like joe and i were talking earlier joe was mentioning that he's done a lot of songs that you don't know he's done right he's done a lot of production right Mm -hmm. where like you know it's for for other you know bigger artists and right right and uh, I'm, I, I well, he does tons of collaborations too. Um, right. He's worked with Drake. He's worked with um, DJ Khalid, which uh, that's another guy who he's he's pretty much a producer. Right. Um, uh, and, and I think that's become kind of uh, the the nom de plume is that you're almost not even uh, a rap artist. You're not. You're just not out there spitting fire rhymes. You're more about. Um, uh, actually being able to produce and um, right. put it all together. And, and like you, right. you had mentioned earlier Entirely about being like a, co- like a composer, um, like an arranger, you're, um, you're either required to do more now or people just want to be more involved. Well, I think. Really what I feel like is just a lot of rap producers are just a master of arrangement. Yeah. Like they just, they can hear a two second clip of, of something here and something else that they heard 20 years ago that they got right. a tape of. And like, mash them together with this other thing, throw in some glue and you've got a, you got a hit song. Boom. It's amazing. It's like, yeah. it's, it's almost like minimalism at its finest. Right. You've got, it, there's no real melody. There might be like a catchy kind of hook in the background that might have some melodic stuff going on, but right. it's not prominent. It's normally all about the lyrics, which is spoken. Okay. Yeah, so, exactly. you know, it's, it's very minimalistic, yeah. but, and, and cause I do remember there was a point in time and we're talking maybe around the two thousands uh, like around the turn of the millennia where it was a debate of, of is rap actually music? Oh, right. Because I remember we had this in my chorus class and we, we, we like, absolutely it is music. It, it, oh yeah. I mean, that's very subjective. By our, by our, def, by our definition, which is, was essentially, uh, a, 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 either a, cause it could just be simple rhythm too. Cause right. I mean, you could just have a snare part. Yeah. You can't argue melody. Um, it can be less melodic if some people want to get hung up on melody, but you could also go to, to metal and metal is very, you know, void of, uh, uh, melody in a lot of regards. And right. A lot of it is very dissonant, you know, by, yeah. by, by intention. You know? Yeah. And it, it feels, it feels like honestly, um, uh, someone like uh, Kanye too is the new norm as far as like uh, I think we're getting away from and, and uh, you know and DJ Khalid too uh, we're getting away from you know they can bypass having an uh, the, a talent someone there uh, uh, because they become the talent in a way you know it's like hey sing it like this and then I think after a while they're like I should just sing this you know and so they do kind of cut out that um, that where you used to have someone propped up more, you know, Mm -hmm. Hey, here's someone who they can just sing because I can't sing, but I can hear it all, but I can't, I can't actually, or I'm going to get a guitarist and a singer because I can't play or I can't sing. And I'm going to kind of create I mean, yeah, the sounds very, in my head. There very much is an art to finding the right musician mm. to play those particular parts. And it's very rare to find somebody who has such musical writing abilities and doesn't have necessarily the performing abilities. Unless it's right. like, but they're also typically very self-critical too, which they could yeah. probably play them all out of the water, but they think they're terrible. So Yeah, there's a lot of that. But yeah. I'm with you that it's a rare individual and it expects a lot out of someone to be able to say, oh, well, you need to be, you know, lyrically, um, uh, literarily, um, musically, uh, vocally, um, so talented and above everyone else and have all these things that, you know, and, and no record label is waiting around for that person. I think that more and more you see there, there's kind of this manufacturing of like, well, and, and, well, and a lot of those people I feel like tend to be kind of like, maybe not self-produced, but they're more like if, if they're, if they're with the label, like there's been some negotiation going on and they have typically they have more, say, control. More, more creative control yeah. than your average, like, well, pop band. but look at someone you mentioned Britney Spears or Beyonce where and Madonna was an early example of this where it really felt like you know how great of a singer are they or how much of a singer are they versus they're a performer right they're really they're they're attractive they're good at dancing they kind of have like you know they kind of have qualities that come before uh at least the the musical quality is valued and right. no one would ever say no madonna is an amazing singer bro because it's just she's not she's a personality well, it's like i you wonder know? what sells more albums the actual song or just seeing the cover the image yeah you know exactly what I mean? and that's why i say performer because and it's not to belittle i mean there's some great singers who are great performers and it's out there but more and more what you see is someone who you know after autotune got kind of i feel like autotune was something where it was like it was like an industry secret that people didn't know about <laughs> 
about. Oh, it and then suddenly was. it leaked and or people were just Share. decided to openly use it. It was shared. And, and they heard it and they were like, huh, wait a minute. And then it was, it honestly, I, I feel like the more and more it trickled out, people kind of realized, wow, there's some artists out there who, you know, they can't sing actually, you know, like Britney Spears would be a great example of where it's like, you know, they've got the little mic while they're dancing next to them. But you know, and even Janet Jackson, she's a great singer, but she would dance so hard that there's no way you can sing and dance like that. It's just not going to sound good. And so I feel like when they go to perform, like I said, a performer, they, they prioritize what's most important and what Beyonce and what Janet Jackson and what Madonna wants to do is make sure the person in the very back of the stadium can see them moving and right and, you know, you know gets they got a this show. giant move it's, it's yeah and it's kind of like you know not related but same idea kind of the hitler thing you know he that's his speeches true you know, stuff like there, that. there's some concept in trying to be but uh, it's this yeah but it's, it's well it, look at it this way it's almost like i'm sure you have some fans that go to uh let's just say janet jackson because she's an easy example so like you some people go to see her just her as a right. physical person there's some that go to see her dance and there's some to go, let's see her sing. And I really feel like what they're doing is they're trying to give too much to too many different kinds of people out yeah, of her. Make and everybody so, happy. Right. And mm -hmm. so like, you know, and sadly, it's usually the people that are going to hear her sing are the ones that are mm -hmm. going to be let down because you are going to be hearing a backing track because. Yeah. And everybody, you know, a lot of people sing the to tracks. physical exertion that the way they dance, I don't understand how they're able to sing at all. They could, they shouldn't really. Stuff. And I don't, I don't think they do. I think they, they, they might be live, but they have the backing track. And then when they go really hard and they're, and they're out of breath. Oh yeah. There's not, definitely some some playing with those yeah there and on. then they come in and they can talk but I, and and you know to me it's about authenticity i mean uh, what i would like to use as a parallel is the whole milli vanilli concept is so oh, so right. he, here we are there's a whole idea that um no these guys um uh tricked uh the everybody and so i guess it's not about the music because we're not going to hand the grammy to the people who actually made the music but um we're going to say that because oh, the we're going to say because point, the right. image it was invalid. It was just image that it doesn't matter, but it, it is so much about image. And, and it, it is kind of like when you go to a live show, it, uh, that is a great question. Do you go there with the concept that, you know, Hey, I want to hear a studio pitch perform perfect pitch performance, right. or uh, am I there to hear them kind of get crazy and do wilder stuff beyond that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's kind of like there there's, I guess there's so many expectations that you're trying to manage that, that where do you go with that? And that's right. where it comes in where they kind of use the mix, but it is disappointing when you go there and it just sounds way too good to be true. It, and, yeah, it's like, and it's, it's like, CD. Is, they might as well be playing a CD. Well, and is the performance is a performer, someone who's a, you know, a musician, uh, an artist who's a performer is, is their performance about the music or is it performing the music, you know, or is it right. about, uh, performing a show that encapsulates more than what the music is and yeah, creates more entertainment. And I really know? feel like there's almost like a threshold and I feel like it kind of varies by artist uh, between like uh, there's a definite line where it does become all about the show and it's when it gets to a certain size, right. like it's a certain, you know, bigness or whatever. Oh you know, yeah. Certain, arena size. Certain, that makes sense. Right. And huh. so that's really got to be all about more, uh, more about the show just because the individualism is lost because there's so many people there. Right. And right. so, but then, you know, the big labels still try to spread these artists so thin by, you know, making them dance like crazy while trying to sing at the same time and, you know, yeah. in makeup and in crazy costumes and well, everything. And, and, and there's a range of it. You know, I mean, there's some artists, I mean, look at like a, a Backstreet Boys or Spice Girls or even as an extreme example, any of the well, those, Korean in my pop. opinion, really are just all about making money. And that's what I'm saying is that, think about that though. They, they don't just have one person up there. They have like six or sometimes right. eight with these Korean got to give everybody somebody and it's like, like there's the, there's someone for him and there's someone for them right. and then it's like on top of that um all the stuff that they're singing and 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 saying uh, is is handed to them you know and so it is the complete idea of manufactured music and for a lot of people it rings completely false and uh, and unauthentic Oh, absolutely. I say we bring back choirs, man. Choirs got tons of people in them. That's Fucking true. somebody for everybody. That's true. What I used to like about choir is 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 you could just mouth the words. Right, you're, like, <laughs> you're like, I'm singing. I'm singing. At me, but I look like I'm singing. You can't tell. 
Well, that is true. I mean, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, um, a lot of those uh, artists uh, have have often been kind of derided or treated uh, negatively while some people really love them. And so there are a lot of bands well, the, the, and artists out there who people like really love to hate, you know? Right. It, it, it's not that I, hate. I almost feel sorry for them in a way oh, okay. because I really feel like they themselves as, as artists and, and, and singers and dancers, they're extremely talented. Right. right. Uh, they're very, you know, they're, they're, they're good, yeah. all right? Uh, but what I feel like has happened is what they've done is they set it up to where they fill these stadiums with as many freaking kids as they can because mm. kids are going to whine and bitch and moan and complain until mommy and daddy buys them that ticket. So they know that that show is going to be sold out. Yeah. And it's just big. It's just a big part of a, a, or it's just another part of a big money manufacturing thing. Right, and so right. in that case, they create that need. It's right for me. It's all that music is just purely just. It's written to get little freaking basically girls to go crazy over these Spend guys money. to make their parents buy their shit, right. and their merchandise. And, and well, actually, with bands that people love to hate, I think that's the number one thing you hear the most is the sellout uh, label. Right. And it's it's actually success, which I think is what people have the biggest issue with is like, you know, like a Nickelback, like the guy um, from Nickelback always um uh, jokes that he's like he's like uh he's like what do i care if uh i'm the most hated band you know he's like look at my bank account you know right. and it's like i mean obviously it, a lot of people like nickelback because they're a successful band but then it's interesting that there's so much backlash and some of it i think is almost i would attribute to the guilty pleasure concept is that some people like nickelback but they don't want to say or, or or maybe a bad band that they think or creed or you know um britney spears or nsync or something they like them but then those people are actually the most vocal critics of them. You know, oh, when, yeah, they're like when yeah. others around, they're like, yeah, those are the worst. Right. When they're in their car alone, they're jamming <laughs> in their car, out. They're like, hit me, baby, one more right? time. <laughs> it's like some oh. dude all burly. <laughs> oh, you know they're that. Yeah, exactly. Everywhere. I feel like that happens. Is that most of the time the hate that you that is received from that? Because think about it, it's kind of almost saying like, hey, these are hated bands, or people really love to hate these bands. It's like, but they're so commercially successful. Right. How how is it that there's enough wave of concept in in popular culture that they're not liked? And I think it's just because people feel bad about liking them, and so they've created this like gaslight or false concept of like no man it's not cool to like them you know i don't right. like they're the worst band either too man well, i don't so have any like, of their albums in my opinion they're really they're, they're not bad actually they're really good uh aside from the singer yeah okay the, the musicianship technically the they're great technically yeah they're great i feel like there's they're a soulless. reason why they're popular they're soulless a little bit though they they feel we we're talking about manufactured things well i really uh Okay, I guess maybe song structure and all that kind of stuff, but I mean, you know, really, how many other, That's you know, critical. pretty much every rock song is arranged the same way. Yeah, and metal, metal, but, um, metal. Does I really exactly feel like a lot of the corporateness and in, in, in shallowness comes from the lyrics. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's very much like I'm, you know, either pissed off teenage girl or boy, whatever. Insert here, right. and you know, fuck the world. I'm gonna go burn it. Yeah. It um, sounds like bad, but country. I actually I'm it, like this actually little spoiled rich kid and don't really know much about how the world actually works. Right, you know what right, I mean? right. Yeah, it's yeah. tough because I feel sitting in your ivory tower. Uh, uh, it's funny because a lot of uh, pop stars and um, rock stars um, don't really they they portray a certain image, but they don't actually live that way. And two great nobody two, can two nobody great, can. but no two great examples. Here's a great example. So Taylor Swift. Um, her parents had all kinds of music connections. They were like millionaires to my knowledge, um, very wealthy, already connections all over the place. And so she just pretty much stepped right into that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, most of the songs of hers I've gotten really big are actually written by Max Martin. Who's a famous Swedish, uh, songwriter. I remember. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's been, um, uh, 11 years. He's been, uh, the songwriters, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, writer of the year award. Um, and it's unheard of. I mean, the guy is like a, a, a savant as far as writing songs, but he's writing a song about like for like a teenage girl almost. And mm -hmm. it's, it's weird when you hear, you know, Taylor Swift sing about going to the mall and, you know, having a crush on a guy and you right. think, wow, this is about her life. And you know, that, that I relate to this nope. and then you're like, uh, and then you hear that, you know, some like balding Swedish guy named Max 
wrote it, and then you feel kind of a little betrayed. And it would by surprise that, me if you know? he wrote one for her. He's probably written a lot from other for oh, other artists. Backstreet as well. Boys. He actually wrote "Oops, I Did It Again" for uh, Backstreet Boys, and they didn't want it. And then he gave it to Britney Spears, and she made it into a number one. He's written so many that number sounds ones. Sounds like a whole other like modern Motown kind. Oh, of Oh no, yeah. completely. If actually it goes like this, it goes Paul McCartney, John Lennon. Max Martin for the most number one songs ever written. Really? The guy is so prolific. It is. And this is only since like 2000, the last 15 years, really. Right. He is. And when you look at the list, it's like pink. There's just so many. There's so many people who he's done major songs. I've blown up and become huge smash hits. And it's interesting because as far as um, uh, those go, you, you think, you know, you're getting that from them and then it's, it's coming from something else. And so it doesn't feel genuine and another example of this is actually and i didn't know this till recently but kid rock his dad is incredibly wealthy apparently mm -hmm. he owns he he's from detroit and his dad apparently owns a bunch of car dealerships in detroit and he, so he's had like a mansion and, and been wealthy all That's his because he's life. kind of got that like poor redneck he kind has of that kind of trailer him, you know? park, like, the, or like, like the blue white collar. trash yeah he he i i drink course he's like right? sponsored and stuff and yeah he's very much appeals to that and that's another thing where i feel like people just can like push buttons or kind of play on certain um emotions joe or whatnot dirt. you know he was joe, in joe dirt, dirt. Oh, no, exactly he was he's the, lower he was the, than joe dirt dude he was the villain yeah in joe dirt. I, I really hated him in that lower too than man. Joe dirt. god he's actually joe dirt's jerk, pretty cool man. guy life's a garden dig it man right <laughs> that's what i say it's like we got joe dirt here <laughs> right I, man that is the classic it's like a radio show right, they have his him, name uh dennis, dennis miller miller man dennis to have miller. his vocabulary oh yeah he's nobody great. would ever understand a word you're oh, saying no. but they would just be all staring his you in disbelief, references like, are all wow, like that sounded he's really like good. he's like he's like uh he's like he's he's smarter than a libyan in the you know <laughs> gulf crisis <laughs> people are just like uh don't know what that means. right it, or like <laughs> his references are that's so what i'm obscure. saying they're so they're either like yeah. political or like uh historical and you're just like and the oh, names I, that I he uses to too like these obscure names of people yeah, that yeah. like he's just kind of like oh everybody knows who the fuck like, this that's person like is. rosenfeld like, when he met and there's know? like two people in the audience that like laugh yeah, but like, they like lose like, their ha, shit ha, ha. you know what i mean because they actually understood the joke yeah he's definitely he was always on that level um i did like him when he did the uh snl um uh, news update he the weekend that update. was a great yes. thing um and he kind of he kind of thought elevated that to a cooler level than it was before. was he he was before mm, no uh, he was right after kevin nealon Okay, so he was before. Uh, oh God, Norm Macdonald. Yes, yes, he was right before. Norm Macdonald is still still my favorite. I don't know. I don't because I've seen more of him doing the Weekend Update than I have of Miller. Kevin Nealon was horrible. He was like an actual news anchor, and then uh, Dennis uh, Miller just felt like it was like a late night show. You know, like he was like a talk show host, like uh, and he's Letterman got that sarcasm, something. like that yeah, tone like, oh, that, okay. I, that I fucking like, love. Okay. You know, yeah, and he had like the mullet. He had like the cool he's kind like, of mullety yeah, hair, mullety like super snarky about everything yeah so yeah but yeah I, I think there's there's other there's other bands you know i mean uh taylor swift and the whole concept of uh kid rock but one i think that's uh, uh a lot of people really love to hate is metallica oh my gosh well they, they there's a lot of reasons <laughs> uh how are you gonna list them now uh i mean well we can just kind of start with the most obvious and probably the one that comes to everybody's mind first mm. is lars mm. And as far as as far as an individual in the band, yes. As um, far as as far as an actual event, I'd say the Napster thing. No, that, that's that, what I'm referring to. Okay, Lars and, I, and Napster. Because right. just Lars is a jerk. First right. of all, he comes off that way, you know. And it's it's you know, I, and don't get me wrong, I I absolutely am. Uh, I don't know how you say it, for artistic, you know, like I, I they own their shit, you know what right. I mean? Like yeah, the, yeah. and theft is wrong, but at the same time you might not be the best person to be the fucking poster child for this movement, yeah. you know, Mr. Fucking Rockstar. Here. I mean, they define their genre, but at the same time, they got so big that they they kind of were, right. you know, just needed to be quiet and, or go away for a while. Right. It's um, like, oh did, oh, did you not manage your money well enough, you yeah. poor thing? Are you already out of money? I feel like they Doubt were, it, they were but... fighting the wrong fight, and it made them I seem agree. like um, greedy. 
um, even if they were trying to come off as altruistic. Which, like, I we're mean, trying to defend smaller bands well, that don't fair. have a voice. I mean, I see they, that. They, they, did kept, they did come out on the victorious side. You know, Napster was taken down. Uh, that's a half and half because stuff like LimeWire and other things popped up. And that's honestly, also true. it evolved a little bit. It's kind of like they tried to, like, literally, uh, they tried to, like, strangle water is what it was. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just Lars Ulrich just sitting there with a bucket of water trying to, like, strangle it. Like, well, die, die, water, too. die. And, and, and maybe, maybe he <laughs> would have had <laughs> well actually maybe he would have had more of a platform if they actually would have put out a fucking decent album well, since the fucking black uh, album, well that's you know? the truth and I maybe mean, maybe he could have had he, he could have had more effect if he tried to work with things instead of become it it's such a you're right a, it was his attitude thing. it was his approach it was it was tone. us versus them very much yeah it was he was like basically accusing everybody of, of, of literally taking physical cash out of his back pocket. It created an atmosphere where there were certain companies that did come after people. And some people were involved in litigation and, and paid thousands of dollars because they downloaded songs. There's a lot of news stories for a while. Like, I feel like a lot of it was fear mongering, just like they wanted to make some examples of people. So, you know, to kind of, you know, deterrent, they wanted to create some sort of deterrent and there wasn't enough of one. So they wanted to say, Hey, there is a consequence occasionally we're going to go randomly after people and it's not going to make sense. We're going to go after a 14 year old kid or an 84 year old grandma and we're going to look horrible. And it didn't honestly, that only lasted for a year to two years and the press on it was so bad. The PR looked so bad. Oh, and it's the, terrible. The music and, industry was already kind of suffering that it just looked so petty that they were going after, right. like, you know, people for a thousand dollars or this. Well, it's really, like, why don't you guys, like you said, why don't you put out good content? You know, why don't you do something to make us change? What, you know, and what I think has actually happened is like, we've hit this, uh, uh, we, we've had this event happen, i.e. Napster and the internet that has completely destroyed the record model as we know, or like the, the current things change uh, industry as we know. And Massive I really disruption. feel like even today, like especially today, it hasn't really figured out uh, other than shows. Well, let's, let's just, and, let's just put it like this, that pretty much musicians like traveling minstrels back in the olden days, they're treated, I would equate it as a metaphoric thing toward uh, like like waiters and waitresses in the sense that the people who they actually work for, they don't want to pay them. They want to say, you know what? You know what? You actually owe us money. And then, you, but right. we're going to give you the, we're, we're going to help you out. You're lucky. You're lucky to owe us money. You know, it's like they're <laughs> gaslighting and it's just like the owners. Either just, owe us money or, oh, we'll give you exposure. It, but it's like the, but it's like the owners of a restaurant, the owners of a restaurant, they don't want to pay. I mean, maybe they do, but the, how the laws are set up, they don't want to pay the, the uh, waiters and the waitresses. They want people to come in and them to pay the waiters and waitresses. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's how record companies have set it up. They're like, Hey, you know, we don't want to actually pay you. We just want to get you in debt to us. So we're going to give you money but only money in the idea that you have to give us a product right you know and that once that product's delivered then you're not going to benefit from it for a long long time and we're mainly just going to say you you're lucky that we've promoted it and you can go out and tour and make money off a tour and, and it's like it's such a dis it's like a disservice because they've deferred the payment of of these artists and artists unfortunately have just always been in a shit uh, uh, stick situation. It, actually, I feel like it, it, it actually gets worse than that because not only do they uh, are they essentially in debt, right. but they don't own it most oh, times. Oh yeah, yeah, they sign away the the, the actual right. ownership rights. To right, it. that was a huge thing with the websites. Actually, yeah. um, when websites got really huge, even big bands like Metallica, Smashing Pumpkins, Nirvana, even they actually didn't own the right to their own website. Because their uh, label right, the early internet, a lot of yeah. people were just going they were getting, buying up shit that well, they thought but would the get big. Label, but the label would own the right to it, and the label would own oh, it and oh, run oh, it oh, and you. profit from it. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, we didn't make any money off of it. Or here's just like, you know, you each get $1,000. That's all we made. And so there's a lot of – and there were big litigations between bands uh, and labels because they didn't understand – the value of the websites at that time, like early 2000s. Oh, the internet was and highly underestimated, just, yeah. And then it just blew up and they didn't have the right. And they're like, you know, we want the right to put up something we want. Like if like one of us is like, let's just say has some political stance or some, you know, belief, like they're a vegan or something like, we don't want you to put up stuff that might, you know, contradict that. And so right. then when you don't have control, it's kind of messed up. And there was a big concept of does your, is your website kind of like, part of your identity, you know, and, and right. do you have that right? And yeah, there's also the whole squatter thing, which they've tried to stop that, but there's still a lot of issues with squatting. It does oh, happen absolutely. a lot. Yeah. Um, sorry, brain fart. Um, 
Um, but yeah, Meta- leave me back in West. <laughs> okay, no, but uh, Metallica, the whole Lars thing. Right, so let's right, let's right, name right. that. So Lars is is probably one of the biggest things, and people would probably um, uh, talk about it. Uh, you know, maybe his attitude and the Napster uh, controversy right. as as setting them off. Because most people, honestly, I think it's a classic thing where most people are like, you know, oh, I like this band, I like this band, I like this band, and then they come out and they're like, you know, like the Dixie Chicks. You know, oh, they come gosh. out and say something political or take a stance, and then people are like, burn them down, get your pitchfork, we're coming for right. them. And it's like, whoa. And I remember thinking because the Dixie Chicks is the greatest example for me. I remember thinking, wow, you know, they're so political, uh, or I mean, they're so they seem seemingly were a country band and in my mind were very right wing from, right. from my point of view and conservative. And then for them, they, they just didn't like what Bush was doing, you know, at the mm-hmm. time and for them to make a, a statement like that. And then their core, which was literally like their entire audience that felt like just abandoned them right. was crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like, wow, you know, it's like, uh, I think it's the classic thing where people say, you know, um, I, I love this band. I love this artist, you know, but they need to stay out of politics or they need to, they don't need to tell me how to live my life. You know, like I'll listen to their art. But I mean, that they, doesn't mean audience, that now they're a, they're they're an activist, or, right? Their audience is, is very it, well. I mean, you got to think country music and Republican mm. and like America and all. Oh, yeah. It's it's all very interconnected. And yes. when you start saying an, anti-America, oh yeah, and you appeal mostly to them American types, your 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 audience is just gonna vanish. Yeah, and, 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 I mean, and, it's it's crazy to think it that, that that it really did. Because have you heard about them since? Well, then? here's the thing: I have, and so the latest controversy with most bands, especially um, uh, country uh, 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 bands or artists, is that everyone now is kind of renaming themselves because of kind of this whole PC um, oh, like, uh, cancel know, culture. Like Lady Annabellum. So the was first one, one to go was Lady Annabellum because apparently during the Ella Annabellum period there was slavery. So mm-hmm. um, they're they're trying to rename themselves Lady A, which I guess their fans had called them that. But there's a lady in Seattle, huh, a lady named mm-hmm. named Lady A who actually is like, no, you can't have it. And so they're fighting over that. But here's the interesting thing is that the Dixie Chicks also ran into it and they're just going to call themselves the Chicks the now. Chicks. Isn't that ridiculous? Like that's for real? That's for real because apparently oh, Dixie God. is now something you can't say or don't want to. I just, I don't oh, understand gosh. this I now. It's either. a little, this cancel culture and this, you know, like our history, we should like, it's like, it's like, we should not remember our history. You know, it's like, uh, actually, doesn't that mean you're going to repeat the past, you know? Right. Which and we're pretty much so doing right it's now. A weird, I feel. Yeah. It's a really weird kind of combination of things, but I used to always, uh, like to mispronounce, uh, the Dixie chicks and call them, uh, the Chixie dicks. Chixie dicks. <laughs> I felt like I that'd like be it. like the drag queen version of the Dude, call up Ru- RuPaul, man. He might, he, dude, he loves the fucking, uh, he loves the puns, man. That's a, that's a great one, definitely. The so. chicksy dicks. But yeah, I think uh, if you want to talk about uh, genres people love to hate, country. Man, I, I'm one of those people Man. that I, I, when people ask me, what do I like to listen to? I basically say everything but country and rap. And I feel like if you like country, you hate everything else. As well. <laughs> it's too, it, it's it, like well, that. Like, I gotta tell you, the well, lines are no, drawn. Well, okay. Now, granted, my mom does like a lot of different kinds of music, okay. but always listens to country. Always. Well, let's, let's make a distinction too, because there's uh, what I like to call country Western, which is really more older traditional. It's like Hank Williams, not even Hank. Well, she goes back and forth between that and like the modern pop country, but like she even softened it. Like she's like, I don't really like a lot of this. Like, like Willie Nelson, you know, uh, uh, Johnny Cash, Johnny Cash, country legends, you know, they don't, they never suffered from the manufactured popness that honestly country music now is not country. It's pop is what it is. It's, really it's really formulaic I, and it's I very could, much it, it's, it's devoid of soul country accent devoid of salt they call it you with know trucks and dogs and cars and trucks it's supposed to be music town or whatnot there in nashville and i just feel like it's like a lot i mean there's i'm sure there's a lot of great bands but unfortunately and artists but what gets pushed forward is so uh trivial and so uh well you've seen those like youtube videos boring. where they like lined up like five or six different oh, country songs and pro same, tools yeah. and they played it, it was all same tempo yeah. same mm-hmm. key same key changes it's and i swear it, and and that's what it is if, if one thing works it's this thing well let's just keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it and the sad thing is is it's not so much that they're doing it it's that people eat it up gosh and they keep eating be, it up be more discerning people you know like stop yeah, because you gotta it. think it's popular for a reason. They're not gonna make it unless it makes 
a lot of money. Of course. And well, or that's the whole Nickelback thing is yeah. that that's the whole concept of people saying, oh, there's so many people that don't like them. Uh, how are, how are they so popular? It's like, huh. It's probably because people are all like, you know, sneaking down in their basement. Yeah, that looking means around. there's a lot of closet Nickelback fans exactly. out there. You know, there's Playing a Nickelback lot of people. Nickelback when no one's home. Well, just imagine, like, so I wonder if, like, if they ever drop, like, a new album and, like, they put an announcement out. Like, if people, like, lined up at uh, on Best Buy, you know, <laughs> waiting for it to release. <laughs> and, like, not. everybody's got, like, a barrier between them so they can't see who they... People, <laughs> nobody people, knows they're really there. People will be, like, buying porn and, and getting condoms and be like, oh, no, I'm, I'm getting the porn and the condoms, not the Nickelback. Right, right, like that. <laughs> They like for openly some admit to it, you know. It's but like they they'd rather go to, to like an Adam and Eve, like no. you know, with their mom or something. It's I such don't a, know. it's a, it is such a snobby kind of tastemaker thing that I really do despise that that concept. That like if something's just fun and guilt, guilt, whatever, guilty pleasure, whatever you want to call it, which is stupid in its own right, in the name. But if something's like that, it's funny that we can't enjoy it, that we feel some psychic kind of pull um, in uh, that uh, some part of society or someone else would judge us for right. liking it. And I Which think is that's insane sad. because how many party playlists is fucking Nickelback oh, on? Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? So. Or like, well, it's like a guy, like if a guy starts singing, um, like, let's say, uh, the, you know, the Spice Girls, What I Want or something, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, I think that's the name of the song, you know, but I have no um, idea. Uh, if, if a guy starts singing that, like he's going to get judged pretty hard, you know, but it, that might just, that might be a fun song to sing, you know? Right. You just want to enjoy yourself, you mm -hmm. know, you don't want to be judged, but I think there's a lot. Or it um, might remind them if it was playing it like when, you know, he met this girl or exactly. something, you know, it's... exactly. And I think I've always, I always had this, uh, I remember as a kid, it sounded weird. Um, uh, but I remember always thinking that if I was in a car and someone saw me like singing to a song, you know, they couldn't hear the song, but they saw me sing and it was a female song. If they would know I was singing a female song. Oh, if they could actually see it. Yeah. Like, I can tell. I know it's like, ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I guess your head. Yeah, like how you in. were, you know. Yeah, there is a lot more. Um, you probably do a lot more uh, kind of Mariah Carey fingers waving oh, through the God, air. Yeah, she literally almost plays her voice with her fingers. I think, like visually. Oh, yeah. and what's her name? Christina Aguilera does that too on her mic. She plays her hmm. mic. If you watch her, which we, uh, if if we ever get video, we'll put up a clip on this. Um, if you watch her, it almost looks like she's playing it like a saxophone or like a horn player or something. I. Pay very little attention to it. Yeah, her, it's it's kind of it's unique. You know, it's not because she's not good. It's just not my cup of tea. Uh, I hear it. Well, with her, there there was always other uh, distractions um, going on. You know, she was always trying to, you know, she was ex Tina and everything for that whole period. She went the bad girl route. Oh yeah, I did. you it missed that news period to too. Me, Whoa, man. wow, news okay. To me. Have to have to show you that after. Yeah, that, that's that's that, know, that's really that'll not be the for scene. another one. <laughs> that'll be for another time. Right. But yeah, um, teach Joe about pop music. Exactly. But yeah, it's kind of, I mean, uh, reminiscent, similar to like a Miley Cyrus where people kind of, uh, questioned, uh, you know, how, how much is she just kind of like this crazy image and right. then, uh, you know, versus her, her musicality, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, how strong is her voice, you know? Right. And, Does she write all her own songs? Uh, I don't know about that. I don't, I have no idea to be quite honest. Cause I mean, to me, some of them, I imagine if she, she does. does, I'd say, okay, she's legit. You yeah. know, she's a real deal. Yeah. She's, she's a little bad girl, you know? Yeah. She's but, tried pretty hard. And well, her dad, but if she doesn't, right. I mean, her no. dad with uh, Billy Ray Cyrus is her dad with the achy, breaky heart. Oh, um, my and, mom and loved that he had song. the He had the mullet for a while. I mean, yes. we talk about Joe Dirt and, you know, and, oh, and wow. Kid Rock. Right, and those dude. Mullets, yeah. You know, but he had the mullet. I mean, so, before, yeah. like, really, it was a super business up front. But then super party in the back. It was really long, I remember. Yeah, but it was so past short. his shoulders, wasn't it? I think, yeah, to me, I think his ratio on his uh, mullet was on the probably SFLB. the highest. <laughs> he, he had like a highest kind of like part, uh, was it business to party ratio I've ever seen. Business to party <laughs> ratio. That, that's that's got to be the most. He's doing the most business yeah, up front exactly. and doing the most party in the back. To me, that's the most defining thing is uh, in a mullet is how... Um, uh, uh, how uh, different the front and the back are. If like you can see the front and almost think like, wow, this guy's a cop, you know? <laughs> and then you, and then he turns around and you're like, and, and you could be like, whoa, this guy's a hippie. Especially he's you got know? a mustache, just a, like a big, yeah, bushy mustache. Yeah, a big stash you know? like that, you know? That's a classic like cop stash.
So yeah, the the mullet's definitely an interesting thing. We'll see if it comes back around, you know. But oh, it was man. it was associated with a lot of musical acts, though. I remember in the '80s, it was just the standard. Uh, really, 80s, wasn't, anything went with hair, man. The bigger the, mullet, the better. The mullet was like normal almost. It wasn't a big deal. But then when you got into the '90s, it started to stand out, and I think people well, took it to another like, level. It's interesting, like you know, there's a lot of like uh, let's just call it like 1920s, maybe or 19 teens era, like with the big must, like the basically the hipster movement. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all kinds of stuff that, you know, mustache that hasn't been and... seen in almost a hundred or essentially a hundred years. Well, things are definitely cyclical in that regard. And so in that regard, if we just kind of, if we're just doing a big loop, it's like going to be about 50 years before we get in. Probably about that. And then it'll come back around. Right. The, the and that's fine. You know, 50 and... years without mullets. Hey, I, I, I think that's. That'd be long enough. I think we, we, I think we cleared our throats in that. Yeah. In that span of time. That's true. Yeah. Some things aren't meant to come back, you know, like a boomerang. Yeah, I really hope like the dark, like the browns and the greens of, of the 70s just kind of died. Oh, uh, yeah. Corduroy and all that kind now, of Now, corduroy in the right color is okay. Oof, I don't know. I just don't like how it makes the sound when you walk. You, know? <laughs> you don't like, like that? I don't like that rubbing <laughs> sound. Yeah. You don't like the chafey? People can hear you coming. It's not very sneaky material. It's, you know? not, it's not, man. Spies do not wear corduroy. Spies and ninjas. Yeah. Nin- <laughs> Both. Yeah. Oh, my God. Both I need to get a ninja suit made out of corduroy. Corduroy It'll be, it'll be the most ironic. Or a corduroy, uh, what do they call it? A, a, a key or G or? Gi. Yeah, gi. Gi. yeah. It couldn't be black either. It'd have to be like brown. Dude, yeah. if it was black, that oh, black no. corduroy. Have I seen black corduroy? I don't know. I don't that one doesn't look right. Brown. Brown, definitely. Dude, my dad had a straight up three-piece brown corduroy suit. That is baller. Ball. I'm, that is mad baller. He, it might have been in his wedding. I hear it. Nice. I that sounds like I'm imagining a butterfly collar is what I'm imagining. Like... You know, the collars that came out, like the 70s show stuff, you know. Oh, the, the furly kind of. Just the ones that came out really far, you know. They're, they're called butterfly collar, like points and everything. And those I were the deal. I on like anything but the suit. That suit I sounds can't, like, baller. For some reason, I'm thinking bow tie, but I don't remember. Just the vest. Even... Nobody does vests oh, anymore. Vest slick, man. Nobody does vests. I'm thinking about bringing back just vest only. That like 80s look, you know, or like 80s movies. Just vest, like a white t-shirt. And then just vest only. I'm oh, thinking about bringing oh I thought back. you meant just like a vest with no shirt. No, 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 like, no. Not like a wrestler. I, I can't like, pull that off. Dude. Oh, I can't either pull a wrestler off. or a Chippendale. I can't pull that off. Like I'm like a vampire, dude. That would like blind Well, you can't people. pull that off because then you'd have nothing on. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I can't I can't put it on. I shouldn't put it on and I wouldn't pull it off. Um, but no, I'm thinking about, you know, just the, like the white shirt with the um, the vest, you know. Well, dude, they've got that T-shirt, that's, that's man. That's cool. With you know, like uh, no, that's yeah, meant to like look the, like you're in a tuxedo. I think. Well, no, though. they have one with just the just a vest, though. That's even weirder, maybe. I I don't know. Know. No, what man. what I think about when I think about it is I think of uh, Keanu Reeves in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and he pulled that off. He has a white shirt. There and he you has go. like just the vest on, which I guess that's really '90s, not really '80s, but. Oh, that's time. right. Yeah, and like uh, uh, the flannel too, man. Yeah, he had the wraparound flannel. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you got to have that. Never wear it. Does right. he ever wear that in the right. entire movie? It's you just know? a non-functional belt. Pretty much. I wonder if they did like sew it on or have some attachment so it wouldn't fall. You know, probably did make some closure Dude, on it. I just it. remember, like, I just it's felt like a so movie weird, flannel, uh, like tying it around my ankle or tying it around my ankle, tying it around my waist. waist I don't know, man. The, the, that style right. just like the, it, well you walk in the freaking sleeves flap your yeah. dick you know oh. I'm just like I don't want that it's almost like the whole preppy thing where they did it on Super the shoulders pre- you know oh yeah like but I mean I know the round the thing was meant to be more like a, a grunge thing eventually but oh yeah that was like the grungy thing was right to the like Cobain thing boots and yeah that and the uh, and the docks yeah exactly Doc Martens you know they they still uh, they still make a version of those I think in in uh, the UK. Oh, the docs are great, man. But they stopped making most of them in the UK, and people really uh, com- uh, said that it went down in quality. Oh, it's different now. Yeah, there's okay, only a well, select amount that are made there. At one there. point, made good there, at one point they were only made in the UK, and then of course like everything they wanted <laughs> to scale up, and so they 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 moved overseas. I don't think it's China, but it pretty much is. It's like oh, a, it it's like a, it's like a second version or yeah. it's just China Shadow business um but uh they make a, a still a few uh, models in the uk but man they're expensive they now. are super expensive yeah. well, i mean it's one of those things where like you would probably get it resold you know like if you ever yeah. wore out the soles. it's like a birkenstock or right, there's a couple you know, other one red wings or they're like either just not gonna wear out yeah. or if they do like you would probably like 
they are basically the same shape as your foot at that point, and they're super comfortable. The value is really high on them, Cause, definitely. Because uh, so. uh, there's definitely something to be said about that, because my brother uh, had a pair of uh, combat boots issued to him, you know, before he went to Iraq, and okay. wore them all through Iraq, all, you know, all the way through the fucking war. Right. And came back and wore them for, like, another six years after that. Right. Just because he's like, dude, you don't understand. It's like I don't feel like I'm wearing anything when I'm when I'm wearing. and like they're giant boots, but apparently they're that comfortable. But it takes you know a good month or two of real good use to try, you know break them in, get them yeah. in that you know into that shape. Yeah, that's a, like a lot of so that leather years. type stuff. Yeah, Birkenstocks are like that where they do that. You don't really buy new ones; you just get them resold. You know, yeah, but that, it is it's so you know the concept of cobbler maybe not nowadays. And maybe. I know and shoes is just like I hate this idea that um, my concept is is uh, this replacement culture where instead right. of repairing something, you replace things. Even right. though they can be repaired, it's just either the manufacturer, the company, whoever they don't want to deal with it. Right. They don't want to have you wait or come back. So they're just like, here's a new one, or go buy a new one, and you know, and it's just nothing. Uh, anymore uh, seems like it's oriented towards fixing it um, as much as it's just like, well, just get get a whole new part. Um, don't fix that part or get a whole new device. Don't fix yeah, the well, device. Well, and to add to that, it's like not only is it, it, well, sometimes it doesn't even get an opportunity to break because you're just like, oh, well, the new one's out. It's been a year. Oh, that's true. And I mean, you know, I've had this that's phone, a phone for, thing. for three <laughs> years. Yeah, phone specific. I've had this Phones. phone for three years. Yeah. You know, and it and it's uh, well, it's I'm sure there's some kind of engineered obsolescence in it. You know, I've had the they have to right. have the battery replaced, but you know, that's probably but, the the biggest thing that would uh, reduce your performance. Yeah. I would think, unless they do that whole where some of them have planned ob obsolescence through uh, software. Well, even that, that that's another kind of modern thing is just the planned obsolescence. Oh yeah, completely. Know? It's made to, 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 to function at its job mediocrely for a little bit, you know, for as long as they think it should. Until... Mm. That's the myth uh, in Japan that uh, Sony um, uh, uh, uses parts that are actually made to fail just after the year warranty. Dude, um, I always suspected that. And so there's a whole, this is a giant myth that's, there's a lot of urban kind of like modern myths, I guess, in, in mm -hmm. Asian cultures and especially uh, Japan. But one big one is that Sony literally goes out and specs um, uh, parts that they are, are prone to fail. You know, they know right. what parts are prone to fail. Right. They spec those parts and then they get them at the, at the like lowest tolerance possible, you know, mm -hmm. save some money, right. but they also pretty much know exactly when they're going to die. And mm -hmm. so they make sure, Hey, they're good enough to get them past the warranty, but they're not good enough to last much longer than that. Right. And so you're kind of SOL, you know, uh, once uh, it's broken, um, it's such an expensive part to fix. You might as well get a new one. And right. It, well, it's it saves them money. And, is a, it's an expensive part, but it's still that cheap Chinese part. Well, that's the thing. It isn't expensive to to, to Sony because they're buying right. it right. in tens of right. hundreds of thousands, whatever. But it's it, it, when they pass it down to the consumer, they're and gonna to pay they're to gonna make sure to fix it. They're gonna and... make sure though. They're gonna scale it in a way that it's not worth. Uh, right. You know, they could Buy probably they could, but they want to. It's a classic thing. Like everyone says that cars could be made with uh, parts and materials that would last for you know 50 60 70 years and right. have no issues but they don't and there's it's like there is a push and pull i mean do you want to pay double for the same car mm -hmm. and and maybe it has uh parts that'll last longer i mean that would be an interesting idea if you went to a dealership or something right and they pretty much were like hey do you want this you know uh, uh, car a or car b and they were the same car but made with you know different variety of parts right all right, guys, we've had a lot of fun today. Yeah. We just want to thank you for listening to Toke Tunes and Talk. And check us out next week for our new fresh podcast. We will see you then.